0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch, Shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way v4 gives you the
2: tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com.
1: It is Friday, December 30th. You're listening to the Wilt Fong Web Around. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. Joined as always by the Director of Recruiting for 24 7 Sports. Steve Wild and Steve let's get right into it because even though the national signing day the December national signing day has passed us there's still a lot to talk about in the world of recruiting and let's start with the college football playoff because obviously that's this weekend Georgia taking on Ohio State in the Peach Bowl Michigan and TCU in the Fiesta Bowl and we're going to kind of go through each individual class of 2023 for these four teams and let's start with the number one seed, the Georgia Bulldogs. Obviously, Georgia always among the top two, among the top three when it comes to recruiting classes. What can you tell us about the Bulldogs class of 2023 and some of the big names in it that will certainly make an impact in Athens in years to come?
2: Well, Georgia comes into this college football playoff, Lance, with a top 10 offense, number nine nationally, top 10 defense, number eight nationally, especially stout against the run, number one in the country against the run coming into this ball game against Ohio state. And this is a recruiting class that sets them up to play in college football playoffs for years to come, particularly when you look at the way that Kirby smart and his staff recruited on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at just the 24 seven sports composite team, recruiting rankings, Damon Wilson is the jewel of the class. They beat the Buckeyes for him on the trail coming into this ball game. Number two, edge rusher in the land, six foot four, 230 pound athletic freak. Uh, extremely explosive powerful player around the line of scrimmage uh he 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 and Samuel Mapemba uh, give Georgia two uniquely athletically gifted players uh, on the edge of their defense, um, along with Gabe Harris, who had a strong senior year. But you look at the defense as a whole. This is the number one linebacker class in in, in the in the hall or in the in the nation, led by Raylan Wilson, a six foot two, two hundred thirteen pound, uber athletic, uh, second level defender troy bulls and 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 cj allen cj allen a terrific two-way in-state player uh jordan hall was a big recruiting win for them at the end of the cycle on the interior of the defensive line as they hold off alabama and others to secure his pledge very athletic group in the secondary lance aj harris five-star cornerback is the jewel back there from a ranking standpoint but jonel aguero is one of the finest football players that I saw play in person in the 2023 recruiting cycle over the course of their career. Got a chance to see him play live as a junior when he was at IMG Academy, but he is a tone setting, instinctive uh, uh, safety. Um, that that is uh, uh, arguably the nation's best at, at his position, but a guy that's going to bring that that Georgia Bulldog mindset that they've had on defense, along with with his traits, but just a tenacious football player. Uh, already a terrific tight end haul for them with Pierce Sperlin and Lawson Lucky and as you know they could add to it with Deuce Robinson the number one tight end in the country who's not going to commit till February Georgia looks like the one to beat for him and they're also in terrific position for Walker Lyons who's going to take a mission so he's more like a 2024 recruit but Georgia with multiple future first round draft picks At the tight end position on their roster right now, it's easy to see why they're recruiting the position at such a high level. Lawson Lucky is our number two tight end in the country in the top 247 player rankings. He's a do everything player at tight end. Uh, He can block, play attached, stretch the field, be a mismatch for you. But Chris Peel is another cornerback that can run Jamal Jarrett, six foot six, 340 pounds. He's got that SEC body type that you're looking for. Receiver was a major position to need for them. They obviously went into the portal there and landed landed a couple guys at the position, Rah-Rah Thomas and and, and Dominic Lovett, but uh, to get the speedster from Texas, Anthony Evans, and then I know that they absolutely coveted Tyler Williams out of the Sunshine State, they hit on a need there, and then this is a really good offensive line class. Lance um, Monroe Freeling is the jewel, a six foot seven, two hundred eighty three pound offensive tackle from South Carolina that they beat Notre Dame and Clemson on, and then Bo Hughley who took visits to LSU, Auburn, Nebraska, and Colorado at the end. Uh, uh, Georgia hangs on to him and, and keeps him in the fold along with All American. Kelton Smith, and then kind of circling back. Uh, uh, but Yazid Haynes, I think, is the is the sleeper of the class uh, at receiver. He's already got an SEC body that can absolutely run. And then Kyron Jones was a kid that they flipped in the secondary at the end, And NC State commit, a two way player, a two way player for Charlotte uh, Christian, uh, uh, one of the best programs in that state. But he's six foot and a half, 200 pounds. He'll be ready to go for Georgia right away too. So this is a championship level class. It's the number two class in the country. Country. And uh, I think the only question mark with Georgia, if you're looking at the way that they've recruited, is they don't have a quarterback in the fold. Uh, but, you know, they, they bring him back Carson Beck and Brock Vandergrift to kind of compete after this season. I think that they're going to be in it for Dylan Rayola again, the number one overall player in 2024, uh, who Georgia originally led for before he committed to Ohio State. So, his recruitment will be interesting, but I expect Georgia to be a major player for Dylan Rayola as he re enters the recruiting sweepstakes.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned name after name, after name, and it's no surprise when talking about all these blue chair prospects that Georgia once again is competing for a national title They're right now, the national title favorites, uh, if you're into betting, if you're into the odds. Uh, So it's no surprise there. And and you mentioned at the beginning, right? Damon Wilson, a guy who Georgia was fighting Ohio state for, and those recruiting wins matter because you've said it here on, on the show that if you want to compete for national titles, you need to beat other teams that are also competing for national titles on the recruiting trail georgia beating ohio state for damon wilson is a big win for kirby smart a big win for the bulldogs and obviously, who knows, down the road, maybe we're talking the next two, three years, we could see another Georgia-Ohio State matchup in the college football playoff and Damon Wilson making a big impact for the Bulldogs instead of for the Buckeyes. Another team I want to discuss, the number two seed in the college football playoff, Michigan, not as highly ranked as Georgia, but still a, a very good class for Jim Harbaugh. A, a lot of talent in this class as well. What do you like about, about the Mason Blue and what they did in 2023?
2: Yeah, player development, you, there's a lot of size and speed. In this recruiting class, um, when you look at when you look at the defensive line and guys that they were able to secure pledges from in the front seven, eno now Eta, six foot four and a half, 260 pounds with a massive wingspan, just a ton of physical upside for this athletic versatile player at the point of attack. Samaj Bridgman's a six foot two. 230-pound linebacker out of Philadelphia who's going to be a mainstay uh, in the middle of Michigan's defense for years to come. But I mean, you just look at the guys that they recruited around the line of scrimmage. Brooks Barr, six foot six, two seventy pounds out of Chicagoland. Brian Ishmael, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-pound player uh, on the on the edge. Um, they 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 have a body type that they look for along the defensive line, and, and, and they they certainly get the most out of those guys. Roderick Pierce, six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds, formerly committed to Wisconsin, that Michigan secured a pledge from late. It was a big need for them uh, in the secondary for them this cycle. They go out and land Jair Hill, one of the best two way players in the Midwest, but he takes the ball away. He's an instinctive playmaker in the secondary that Michigan was able to win out for late in the cycle. Cameron Calhoun out of Cincinnati uh, as a six foot, 170 pound defensive back. That was an, another nice recruiting win for them at, at the end of the process. And then uh, landing more, more guys on offense that are, are proven playmakers and, and, and dynamic guys. But Cole Cabana is, is a, uh, a six foot, 190 pound running back with uh, blazing speed. Uh, Zach Marshall is a six foot four, two hundred and twenty-pound uh playmaking pass catcher from, from out west. Um, so they, they went out and landed some guys that have a real exciting upside. Hayden Moore, 198 tackles as a senior, a linebacker out of out of Aurora, Colorado that was at one point committed to to Nebraska, but Dewan Waller, a six foot three defensive back uh, out of Ohio, Michigan recruits traits and, and and they get they get it out of them. Um and and uh, um, this was another really good class for Michigan that'll keep them amongst the top programs in the Big Ten, which puts you in the mix to make the college football playoff and beyond. Evan Link, the jewel of their offensive line class, out of Washington DC, Gonzaga, six foot six, two hundred ninety pounds, plays against really good high school competition out there. He's a the guy that I figure would be all Big Ten a couple times when it's all said and done for the reigning Joe Moore Award winners right now.
1: Yeah, and Michigan. You mentioned development, you so not the number two class like Georgia, but a top twenty class nonetheless. And like you said, you know they find traits, they 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 see them, and they develop them, and they turn uh, players into into really talented stars. And you mentioned a couple names there.
2: When you look at the Michigan football team right now, I mean, Michigan was always a team that was in New York six contention uh, under Coach Harbaugh and company, but that's not the standard of Michigan football. What you're seeing right now. Competing for the national championship is the standard of Michigan football. Michigan's a logo that can go into any state in the country and be a contender for the top players in California, the top players in Florida, the top players in Texas that has that much power and prestige as a program for what they offer on and off the field. That's why they're in the mix for Nicholas Harbor, the number one ranked athlete recruit in the country that is going to that aspires to run in the Olympics, aspires to play in the NFL, and then aspires to be an orthopedic surgeon. Michigan checks all those boxes as they're in the top three for him coming down the stretch of his recruitment alongside Maryland and, and South Carolina. And, and so when you look at the way Michigan's recruited over the last few cycles, they go from having game manager at quarterback – to having game winner at quarterback in J.J. McCarthy. He's by far the best quarterback that Michigan has recruited in the Jim Harbaugh area. You look at the receiver room, there's so much more speed and playmaking ability and guys that can score a touchdown on one play as opposed to those possession-type guys that we saw for so long on just the New Year's Six teams, not game breakers. And then how how can a school like Michigan go so long without a draft pick at running back? It went from Mike Hart who's now their running backs coach, to finally Chris Evans, who's from Indianapolis where I live, uh, to break that string. And he's having a good little career for the Bengals right now. Uh, But now Michigan, they got two NFL backs in their room right now and uh, certainly more more on the way, maybe Cool Cabana being the next. So they've really upgraded that running back room and made it championship level. They've always had great O-line play. They've always been ferocious and physical around the point of attack uh, on defense. And, and and then tight end has never been an issue. And they have two more guys in this class that that fit that bill. But I, I really love the way that Michigan's recruited quarterback, receiver, and running back over the last few cycles. And I think those guys are still even improving as a whole collectively. Like J.J. McCarthy is going to be a much better player next year. So it's, it's just uh, – it's an exciting time for Michigan. I think they've really elevated uh, uh, the way that they attack those positions on the trail. And now here they are with a chance to win the national championship, a legit chance to win the national championship, Lance. It's going to be exciting this college football playoff.
1: Yeah, it certainly will be. Look, I have two, uh, two family members that one at Michigan right now, another that went to Michigan. So, uh, uh, well, I didn't, obviously a lot of excitement uh, with the Glenn family, but one of the teams they have to get through in order to win that national title is TCU. They're matching up in the Fiesta Bowl uh, on Saturday. And the Horn Frogs, one of the names in the co- or the name in the college football playoff that, that has yeah. yet to be there. Obviously, Georgia's been there before won a national title last year. Michigan was there uh, last year as well. Ohio State's been there a couple times, but TCU never been there. Yet here they are playing Michigan two versus three and a great recruiting class for Sonny Dykes in his first year. And they even have pieces that they can still add to that recruiting class to make it even better
2: yeah um, but when you just look at this class right now it's number 18 in the country right now lance and so this is one of the better tcu classes that we've ever seen and there is some exciting players in the fold right now to help keep Sonny Dykes and company as what is now the premier program in the Big 12. I mean, certainly and, and, and look, when you look at it, it, it's kind of, I mean, Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley was the class of the Big 12, but after that, it certainly wasn't Texas. TCU and Baylor having much more success over the last 10 years when you're looking at double-digit wins and and competing for conference titles than the Longhorns. And I think TCU is the obvious. Easy pick as the class of the Big 12 moving forward, particularly with Luke Fickle moving on from Cincinnati uh, up to Wisconsin. We'll see what Scott Satterfield and company can do with that Bearcats program, but you would figure that Luke Fickle would have had Cincinnati in the mix for the Big 12 title annually as well, but TCU, man – you look at this class right now, they have twenty-three or twenty-four players in the fold. Warren Roberson did not sign. That one, that one's crucial. A four-star defensive back. But the guys that did sign Marcus Deal and Avian Carter are two of the best defensive linemen in the state of Texas. Marcus Deal is one of the best two way linemen in the entire country. They beat Georgia, USC, among others, to keep Marcus Deal home. Had offers from Oklahoma and Texas, six foot four, 290 pound, explosive, powerful player around the line of scrimmage. And Avian Carter out of Amarillo is another guy that makes a ton of plays in the backfield, a very disruptive player. Uh, Cordell Cordell Russell is a touchdown waiting to happen at receiver and he's going to come in physically ready to, to give them something and maybe they add McCall Harrison pilot Mikhail Harrison pilot is going to announce his college decision at the All-America Bowl on January 7th a dynamic play dynamic pass catcher I think that TCU leads for him so if they can add him and Cordell Russell that's two of the more exciting uh productive receivers in in the state of Texas coming coming in for them uh, and, and then you look at some of the guys that they landed in the secondary. Randon Foninetti is a terrific two-way player uh, out of Bree That's a one-time Utah commit. Jim L Johnson, uh, a 6 foot 190-pound defensive back that was at one point committed to uh, was at one point committed to Texas. One of the underrated guys in the class is a young man by the name of Rohan Fluellen out of Gilmore, Texas. He's a sub-11 guy in the in the 100-meter dash. Lance this young man has 19 career interceptions um, uh, and so he's a guy that knows how to go get the football and take it away. And then uh, uh, running back running back uh, uh, Cameron Cook had a tremendous senior season, doubled his production for Stony Point, another guy that can run and, and be a playmaker. And then the last guy in the class to kind of highlight is the safety uh, out of Lake Belton High, JV and Wilcox. He's an explosive, uh, a productive player that's racked up 221 tackles over the last two years. Another two-way guy that's been in the end zone 11 times over the course of that, that season. So a lot of really good football players, a lot of athleticism, a lot of big bodies up front on defense. You know, This is a recruiting class that helps keep TCU amongst the best in the Big 12 for years to come which now apparently puts you in good standing in the college football playoff standings, which it didn't for a couple of years. You know, the big 12 was, yeah. uh, was on the outside looking in, but, but TCU, man, they, they got themselves, they got themselves a hell of a program right now, but similar to Georgia, you know, they're going to have a question mark at quarterback, you know, uh, they're going to have a question mark at quarterback. They don't have one in this class. So it'll be interesting to see what they do uh, offensively, but with Sonny Dykes, and Todd Monken for that matter you don't really worry uh, uh, about the offense um, but we don't know who the guy's going to be
1: yeah it'll be interesting to see at quarterback obviously you know Chandler Morris if you, if you go back to game 1 you remember Chandler Morris was was originally the starter for the Horn Frogs got hurt and then Max Duggan
2: came in and obviously never never let up one quick well, question Max Duggan, though Max Duggan I went and visited him in mm-hmm. high school I went out to Lewis Lewis Central High School Council bluffs his dad was his, his dad was his high school coach and and uh, what a just tough hard-nosed High school football program he played for. I uh, think he was a three-sport athlete, really athletic, verified testing numbers. I mean, he was a four-five kid with a a four oh three shuttle. He had a shuttle time. Max Duggan had a shuttle time that would make a lot of defensive backs very jealous. The his ability to change direction and 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 you see it show up, but he is such a tough hard kid. It speaks to his city. He's battled. He's been through some adversity. Kids typically go in the portal these days with some of the adversity that he's had over the course of his career, which includes a coaching change, but he hangs in there. Heisman finalist, got his team in position to play for the national championship. And I think it just goes back to his foundation, you know, of, of where he's from, what they are there in, in council bluffs, Iowa. And, uh, Now he's the leader of this TCU football program that has a chance to beat Michigan and play for all the marbles, man.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash/recommend today.
1: Yeah, he's just—I mean, you saw it again in the game against Kansas State. Just how how tough uh, how tough he is. Uh, ne- never quits, never stops. And like you said, the adversity he's gone through at TCU players nowadays uh, most players nowadays would transfer in the face of that adversity, but he stuck it out again. Wasn't even named the starter to begin the year under Sonny Dykes yet took the job or took the job when, when Chandler Morris got hurt and, and never gave it back. And now he's leading the Horn Frogs into the Fiesta Bowl as they try to, to beat Michigan and get to that national title game. Last team in the college football playoff to discuss, those are the Ohio state Buckeyes. Now Ohio state uh, the top ranked class in the big 10, a top 10 class, I don't think they probably finished the way they wanted to. I know Andrew Ivins uh, and his uh, annual winners and losers from Sunday Day had them as a loser, but again, still a top 10 class, a top six class for the Buckeyes, and a lot of talented uh, playmakers, a lot of talented uh, blue chippers that will certainly make impacts in Columbus for years to come.
2: Yeah, let's start with the quarterback that they were able to land late, Lincoln Kineholes, top 247 passer, six foot three, 190 pounds three sports standout, um, out of South Dakota that threw for over 9,000 yards in his prep career and 104 touchdowns. He's a state's all time passing leader, of course. And, and, uh, look, he's a standout in everything he does. He hits over, he hits darn near 500 in baseball with six home runs. And naturally he's a, he's a terrific pitcher, average nearly 20 points per game in, in basketball as well. And, uh, uh, um, Three-time state champion, a three-time state champion, I believe, but a guy that uh, Ohio State, as, as they watched senior film on guys, and they could have they could have took a swing at some higher-profile guys that were committed elsewhere, and maybe been a factor in flipping them. Lincoln Kineholes is the guy that they zeroed in on. He was committed to Washington. Washington, they have one of the best offenses in college football. One of the best quarterback. Uh, uh, head coaches in the country, in my opinion, and Kalen DeBoer. Uh, you know, you see what they were able to how they were able to turn things around, and, and they have a chance to win 11 games as we record this morning. They play tonight, Thursday morning, but they have the number two total offense in the country, number one passing offense in the country. So, you figure Lincoln Kineholes would have been a guy that would have kept that rolling for the Huskies. Well, Ohio State. Their quarterback, their starting quarterback is annually a Heisman finalist. So here's his name called in the first round of the NFL draft. Lincoln Kynos is a guy that has that kind of potential, in my opinion. I think Ohio State sees it that way. That's why they recruited him. That's why they went out and tried to flip him from Washington. And, and ultimately did so, and uh, he sees that kind of potential for himself, and that's why he picked Ohio State. Uh, he's going to have a chance to play with some terrific wide receivers. This is arguably the best receiver class in the country, are USC, but Brandon Innes, Noah Rogers, um, um, <coughs> excuse me, Brandon Innes, Noah Rogers, Car- Carnell Tate, and uh, Bryson Rogers, and then you throw in the tight end, Jelani Thurman, who is maybe as dynamic as they come. At the position in the country as well. Ryan Day and, and, and company typically boast one of the best offenses in college football because of the playmakers that they have on the perimeter. Well, they're they're reloading with this group right here. The secondary was obviously a big point of emphasis for Ohio State this cycle. Calvin Simpson Hunt, uh, Jermaine Matthews and Malik Hartford were were big gets for them, as well as Jaden Bonzo, man, a six foot-one, 210-pound. Uh, a safety from from Saint Peter's Prep that maybe grows into a linebacker, but a really nice pickup for them along with with Cedric Hawkins, and then the offensive line was another point of emphasis. Lance for Ohio State in this cycle, Luke Montgomery is the jewel of the class. But keep an eye. On Miles Walker, a six foot six, two hundred eighty five pound uh, offensive tackle from Brunswick School in in Connecticut, they beat Texas A and M for him. That that recruitment didn't get a ton of like national uh, uh, recognition, but that I could see Miles Walker uh, uh, kind of emerging as one of the best offensive linemen in the Big Ten. They beat Notre Dame for. Austin Siverfield uh, at the point of attack. Same with Joshua Padilla beating Notre Dame for both of them. And then defensive line was another area for them that they really wanted to address. Jason Moore, a six foot six, two hundred fifty five pound athletic player out of powerhouse DeMatha, where they went and landed Chase Young long ago. Now they have Jason Moore in the mix. Joshua Mickens is an athletic six foot five, two hundred twenty five pound edge player out of Indianapolis. That's a three sport standout. And then Will Smith, yeah, they know that name well. His dad was a standout. At Ohio State, he had a terrific senior year. Six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds, alongside Kaden McDonald, who's one of the most explosive, powerful defensive linemen in the country. To go into Sewanee, Georgia, out of North Gwinnett, and, and, and secure a pledge from Kaden McDonald, beating out Clemson among others for him. So, this is a look. The the last day, a lot of people tune in to the early signing period show, which we're thankful for, and maybe schools like Ohio State and Miami don't get a lot of mention because that last day uh, uh, didn't go as well as the other 363, 362 days of the year. Uh, but but Ohio State and Miami were two programs that had outstanding classes uh, um, that didn't maybe – the last day got a little bit of the spotlight. But, yeah, this is an Ohio State class that certainly keeps their offense – Potent for years to come. And they landed some guys on defense as they try and, and, and continue to build that defense back up under Coach Knowles. That gives them some pieces.
1: Yeah, you make a good point there, right? Just because they didn't finish well or they didn't have the greatest early signing period doesn't mean they don't have a great class. And their class, even after a miss here and there in the last couple of days, still has a ton of talent, still a top 10 class, still the top class uh, in the Big Ten, as we're so used to seeing from the Buckeyes uh, and a class that will certainly keep them uh, relevant in the college football playoff discussion for years to come. So Georgia, Michigan, TCU, Ohio State. Remember those games this Saturday, Georgia taking on Ohio State, Michigan taking on TCU for the right to play in the college football playoff national championship game let's move on and and let's actually stay in the big 10 right we just finished talking about Ohio State let's stay in the big 10 to a first year head coach we go Lincoln Nebraska right I know you're a big fan of what Matt Rule is doing out there Uh, took the job only a few weeks ago maybe a month ago at this point Uh, but has Nebraska pushing for a top 25 class has the Huskers uh, really in contention for for a lot of top targets uh, still with uh, February to come So what do you like so much about Nebraska's class, and what do you like about what Rule is doing out there in rebuilding this Huskers program and trying to get them towards Big Ten relevancy and towards the top of the Big Ten West?
2: Well, I think when you look at this Nebraska class, uh, what jumps off the bat right away is some of the guys that they came in and targeted – how good a high school football players they are in addition to their athletic profiles I mean they go out and they they win a, a recruitment for a couple top two four seven guys down the stretch Malachi Coleman a six foot five 205 pound athlete that could shine a outside linebacker on the edge uh, but Nebraska views him as a wide receiver uh, uh, he's a he's a potential mismatch nightmare one of the fastest players in the country this is one of the fastest Ah, uh, receiver classes in the country, let alone the Big Ten. When you put Malachi Coleman in uh, uh, alongside Jalen Lloyd, a five-foot-ten, 160-pound burner who's going to do both sports at, at in Lincoln, Nebraska, but Quentin Ives, a six-foot-three, 180-pound running back that E.J. Barthel. Uh, recruited with this past relationship uh, uh, that he had at, at UConn, but but Quinton Ives is a guy that I mean he's a touchdown waiting to happen. I wrote after he he committed as a senior man, uh, Lance. Almost 1,700 yards rushing and 29 touchdowns in nine games. I know you know Palmyra. You're out there in New Jersey. Uh, this is a guy that one college coach compared to James Starks. But Eric Fields is a steel linebacker, a six foot one, 195 pound heat seeking missile that when you turn on his film, he's a seek and destroy. Type player, but uh, uh, Princewell human uh, meelin is the other uh, top two four seven recruiting win that they had here uh, at the end, going into the early signing period. Forty five tackles for loss and twenty one sacks the last two seasons. A lot of big bodies up around the line of scrimmage. Uh, um, you know, Riley Van Poppel, six foot four, two hundred and seventy pounds. They flipped Vincent Carroll Jackson, 6'5", 285 pounds from from Syracuse bryce turner is another kid that can fly six foot two 180 pound athlete so uh, um, Nebraska recruiting traits, but recruiting a lot of production and they could add to it. You know, I'm anticipating two guys that's, uh, that are committing at the all under armor all America game to jump in the fold for them. Cameron Linhart is a defensive lineman edge player from IMG Academy who took his second official visit to Nebraska at the end of the cycle to hang out with the new staff. And then eat the nation out of Roswell, Georgia has been one of the peach state's best two way players the last couple of years. He's got 14 career receiving scores and 12 interceptions over the last three seasons. He burst on the scene as a national recruit with eight interceptions as a sophomore. So if Nebraska lands those two, they'll move into the top 25, and then they're not done. They'll be they'll still be looking for guys between the early signing period in February, guys that didn't sign that could still end up in their class. And knowing what I know about Matt Rowan and company, they're going to find some guys under rocks that all of a sudden you turn on their film and, like, no no kidding. They're damn good. They're productive. And then all of a sudden they have athletic traits. No one minds as well as Matt ruin and his staff. And it's not just him, man. He's got guys around him that have worked for him at various places. They built Tem- Temple. He's the best coach in Temple history, built them into a championship contender. Then they go to Baylor and bring that up from runes. It was the program was decimated by all kinds of off field issues. He builds them back into a a champion in the big 12. And and now he's at Nebraska where he's going to try and restore glory there. And it's because they evaluate. Well, they find guys, they know how to look for guys. And then they know how to build relationships with their top targets as well as anybody. There's such a great cohesion with the guys he hires. Uh, um, and, and, uh, and then Matt rule himself is one of the more normal, uh, normal jokers that you have as a, as a head football coach, man, it's, uh, he, he's, he's, he's got a unique personality when, when you stack him alongside other, uh, head coaches in college football. And I think, uh, on the recruiting trail, just how natural and easygoing, how comfortable he makes people feel with him is, is, is why young men want to come play for him. And then. That translates to him as a coach because what you see in the recruiting trail is still what you're going to get with him as a head coach. There's no change. And so uh, they create a great culture that their players want to play in, and then the wins pile up.
1: Yeah. And you have to think that Matt Rule is going to get that program turned around sooner rather than later. And, you know, you mentioned Quentin Ives, uh, a guy near me, Palmyra, about an hour, hour 15 away from me. I'm more towards central Jersey. Palmyra is down in South Jersey by Philly, but I remember Palmyra. Uh, Kelvin Harmon, a former uh, first team all ACC receiver for NC State, uh, went uh, to Palmyra High School, uh, and he had quite the successful. uh, college career, uh, and was with, uh, the Washington Redskins. Now the commanders, obviously, uh, for a little while too, don't know if he's still with them, but, but nevertheless, uh, another standout from Palmyra and, and Quinton knives, uh, someone who I'm sure, uh, will make an impact, uh, long tor- long term, excuse me, for the Huskers. Another team we want to discuss, Steve, uh, the Oregon ducks, probably the team that finished the, the best. Uh, on signing day, uh, a team that even after losing Dante Moore was still able to nab one of the top quarterbacks in the country in Austin Nova and I know we've talked about Oregon at length and on the 24, seven sports.com site. Uh, we've discussed how well they did, uh, during the early signing period at length, but man, it, it can't be overstated. Uh, what Dan Lanning did, they, they notched the bowl win last night, beating North Carolina. What was a great, I don't know if you were able to catch any of that game, but oh, yeah. it was awesome. a, it was a great yeah. holiday bowl, great holiday bowl. Bo Nix, I think as a, uh, solidified himself as one of the uh, Heisman contenders for 2023 after that performance for sure. Uh, But the ducks on the recruiting trail, uh, what a job Dan Lanning did in in his first full cycle. And he's setting Oregon up to really be the class, I think of the PAC 12
2: once USC and UCLA decide to leave. Yeah. You probably had, the top two Heisman candidates for next year playing against each other in that game last night with Bo Nix and Drake may and that throw Bo Nix made the game winner was just an unbelievable throw there. And and last night was the best bowl day of the year so far with that kansas arkansas game and even i enjoyed the texas tech whole miss game too it was it was it was a fun night of college football and i love bowl season bring back the blockbuster bowl but i like these classic Bowl, the liberty bowl the holiday bowl i grew up on those games and we got another good we got we got good bowl games the next couple of days, so it's, it's it's a very exciting time for college, for pure college football fans uh, like yourself and, and myself. But Oregon, number 11 class in 2023. They have the number six class early in in, in 2024, so rocking and rolling and ripping and roaring on the recruiting trail. I think they're uh, going to add to it at the Under Armour All-America game when four-star defensive lineman Ashton Porter announces his college decision, took a couple visits to Oregon in the last five weeks, caught a game, He's caught their win over Utah, I believe, then returned for his official visit in December. Uh, but a former Northwestern commit that uh, TCU, uh, Texas, and, and, and several other programs made him play for. But I, I really like where, where Oregon stands with him. You know, they're still in the Deuce Robinson st- sweepstakes. They're still in the Roderick pleasant sweepstakes. So uh, they have several top 247 prospects that that they're still in the mix for as they try and finish this cycle strong. And then in 2024, another Pro- touted prospect that I love their position for is linebacker, Justin Williams out of Cone Road, Texas Oak Ridge high. He's the number four linebacker in the country in the 24 seven sports composite team recruiting rankings. I think as it stands right now, Oregon's going to be very tough to beat for him. And they're going to be extremely fun to follow on the trail because like Dan landing kind of gives me Matt rule vibes with the way that they uh, operate and, and uh, the presence that they have as, as men, um, the way they go out and recruit, I think that, you know, recruits and their families really enjoy being around Dan Lanning as well. And so obviously Oregon, they're building uh, under this new staff, 10 wins. They're going to bring back a, a pretty damn good football team next year. They're infusing a, a terrific recruiting class that includes receiver G- Jerry on Dickey, Edge Mateo, Ua Galele. They flipped Dalen Austin from LSU at the end of, at the early signing period. Austin Novosad was certainly one of the top uh, um quarterbacks in the country, but Dante Dowdell is one of the more college-ready running backs. Saw him at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game. He's rushed for over 2,000 yards the last two years in the state of Mississippi. Ole Miss and Mississippi State tried hard to get him to stay home at the end of the cycle, but Ashton Cozart's another burner receiver. Amari Washington lived in the backfield for Chandler, Arizona this year. They flipped Jaden Lamar from Notre Dame. They held on the Blake Purchase, the number one player in Colorado who the Buffaloes were trying to flip Terrence Green's a six foot five, two hundred sixty five pound defensive lineman. Tyler Turner's maybe the sleeper of the class for them. A very productive safety out of, out of San Antonio. So uh, this Nebraska, or this Oregon class really came together, and uh, they could still add to it. They're off and running in twenty twenty four, and the Ducks are, are positioned well, in, in in my opinion, to compete for uh, compete for to be the class of the of the Pac twelve.
1: Yeah, and they have the top class in the Pac-12 uh, for this current cycle. And you mentioned not only were the additions great for Oregon, but it was maintaining and keeping uh, some guys in the fold, like uh, Blake Purchase, who Colorado was going hard right. after, or Dante Dowdell, who you spoke extensively about on Whip right. Around as well as on the College Football Recruiting Show. Uh, so Oregon doing a great job of, of not only bringing in guys
2: into the class, but also keeping sure. uh, their commits um, Steve, Utah, Oregon, Utah and Oregon recruited the best around the line of scrimmage in the Pac-12. USC obviously goes out and lands the top quarterback and the top receiver class, and really offensive skill you could say in general, which is what you're going to see under Lincoln Riley. And the Trojans are going to be good for years to come under Lincoln Riley because he's you know he's one of the best football coaches in the country. But what's going to define the Trojans? Is how they recruit the meat around the line of scrimmage on both sides, and this cycle again, I continue to like the way Oregon and Utah project in that realm a little more than USC. But hey, it's a player development game. You got the transfer portal now, and so there's other avenues for USC to, you know, add add there. And I do think USC was a much tougher football team this year under Lincoln Riley and company than they were for the years before. So I love the arrow of USC, but man, Oregon and Utah both recruited difference makers around the line of scrimmage on both sides. And, uh, you know, we'll see, I find the PAC 12 to be very fascinating now with, uh, Lincoln Riley being there and and, in Utah, I thought they brought in a, a tremendous class, um, but, you know, we'll see what Elijah Page and, and Braylon Shelby and, and, and those guys do. Uh, Elijah Page was a, as big a flip as anybody had in the Pac-12. They flipped him out of Pinnacle High School, Phoenix, Arizona from from Notre Dame. That that, that was a, a big recruiting win for, for USC, but they need more. And we'll see how they continue to develop that position. Uh, and, and I do think that they have one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, luring him away from Texas A&M. That was big. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, Steve, that's
1: right. And and where has Utah kind of ascended over USC in the last couple of seasons? It's been in the trenches on the defensive line, on the offensive line. We saw it in the Pac-12 title game, and we've seen that's one of the big reasons why Utah has been able to secure their spot in the Rose Bowl the last few seasons. But that's it for us, Steve, on today's episode. A couple things coming up. Uh, the Under Armour, Under Armour All-American game. Make sure to stay locked into 247sports.com for all the latest updates from the guys like Andrew Ivins. Uh, in regards to that, you'll be on January 7th in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl. Uh, yeah. We have a host of 24-7 sports recruiting experts down there
2: as well. So make sure to stay locked in to Twitter and to 24-7 Especially Sports love Alabama. Show. Alabama's got a lot of dudes in the All-America Bowl, headlined by Caleb Downs, Keon Keeley, Caden Proctor, the number one players in the country, all their respective positions. Top quarterback, in, uh, or one of the top quarterbacks in the country, Dante Moore, UCLA commit. Those are some of the headliners on that roster. But Alabama, New Year's Six this year, those are guys that help get them back to the national championship game next year. Keely Proctor Downs. Yep, and it's bowl season, it's high school bowl season as well as college football bowl season, so
1: make sure to stay locked into 247sports.com for everything you need to know, all the updates, uh, all the stats, all the stars uh, regarding those upcoming high school bowl games. But for Steve Wildfong, I am Lance Glenn. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to The Wildfong with
0: Okay, picture this.